0: Hey, friend, I don't know if you know this, but I have a new book coming out on March 5th. It's called Protect Your Peace, Non-Unapologetic Principles to Thrive in a Chaotic World. And I would love your support by pre-ordering my book. Go to TrentSheldon.com book. Why pre-order? Because as an author, it helps me. Get on more TV shows. The book gets in more stores. And for you, you get a whole bunch of cool, free stuff that will go away soon if you don't pre-order. So go pre-order the book. Get the book. This book is going to change the world. Let's get it. What's up, rehabbers across the world? Welcome to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Throughout my career, from the NFL to sold-out stages speaking to thousands, I built up a toolkit to break through negative mindsets, let go of what's holding you back, and start rehabbing your life. And every show is going to be jam-packed with tips, tricks, and tools to push you forward. I'm always going to be real with you and give you the 100% truth, even when it's going to pierce your heart. This is me, Trent Shelton. Straight up. God, give me strength. Mom, I miss you so, so much. I love you. We love you. And this is the hardest podcast I've ever had to do. And I can't tell you what to expect, y'all. But I just hope it makes you take time and reflect on what's really important in life. On the things that that truly matter. And I want to honor my mother today by talking about three things that she really helped me understand. But as far as me, you know, I'm dealing with the hardest time of my life. My mom is my rock. I'm our baby boy, and our family is just really close. So when I lost my mother, I lost a big piece of my life and my heart. And even me saying that, man, it just, it just seems surreal. Like mom is a person I just thought would live forever. Like we all think that, right? And it's tough because I'm going through this phase of grief, and it's like a pendulum swinging from acceptance to denial, from anger to joy, from sadness to happiness, from me asking why, to me just knowing that God needed his angel back. And my mom has fought the good fight, but just being real, knowing those things don't make it easier. But what does help is knowing that my mom was suffering and she's no longer suffering. You know, at her funeral, I didn't think I could have the strength to be up there and speak about my mom. But seeing my dad preach her eulogy, seeing my brothers up there honor my mom, gave me the strength. And I looked around the auditorium, and it made me realize this, and I want to share this with you, is that we all got to retire at some point. You know, none of us know the time, the minute, the hour, the day. But that's a day that's going to happen. We all got to retire. And when I looked around the auditorium, the first thing I told people was to stand up if my mom ever did something for you, small or big stand up. The whole room stood up and it warmed my heart because what I was seeing in that moment was the harvest of my mom's life, was the harvest of all the seeds she planted in people. She planted in me, she planted in my brother, she planted in my father, she planted in this world. And all the stories people told me about my mom, some I knew, some I didn't know. But all the stories were saying how much she meant to them, the things that she did, paying people's rent without saying a word to the world about it, bringing people in our house to live, the prayers for people, the hour-long conversations, the books she bought for people going through their hardest time. That was my mom, and that still is my mom because her spirit is still here. You know, my mom taught me to live in purpose, and that's purpose. It's using your life while you have it here in this physical realm of this world and using your life to better other people's lives. That was my mother. Legacy is not about what you leave here physically. It's not about the car, the houses, the possessions. That's not legacy. Legacy is what you leave inside of people. It's how you touch their life, how you touch their heart. My mom was a woman that when she walked into a room, she changed the room. No matter how dark the room was, she was that light. And as I think about my mother and I'm thinking about you listening to this, I'm thinking about myself. Are you living in purpose? Or are you living in possessions? Are you living in purpose where your life touches those around you? Because we're all going to have that day. And I miss my mom so, so, so much. And I prayed before I did this podcast for God and her to give me the strength to be able to get through this but I can't lie, this grief is tough. Every day's a good day because I'm above the ground, but I definitely got some hard moments. And I remember my mom, hardest part of her journey. She called me and she broke down. I've never heard my mom break down before. And she called me, and said, Trent, she said, I'm losing my hair. Why? After all that I've done, all the goodness that I've gave, why me? And I said, mom, why not you? Why not you? I don't know God's plan, but like you always told me, mom, you got to trust it, even when it's hard to. Even when you don't understand the path that he's taking you on, you got to trust it. That's what you taught me, mom. When I got cut from the NFL, you taught me that, mom. When I was going through my battles, you taught me that. And I told my mom, I said, you might not understand it, but you're healing. And she said, Trinity sure doesn't feel like it, but okay. So every time we had a hard moment, and she would call me, whether it be getting her infusion, whether it be her dealing with, you know, liver cancer once her breast cancer was healed, or once her dealing with breast cancer, once her liver cancer was healed, once her breast cancer was healed, dealing with brain cancer, I always said, Mom, you're healing. She said, Trinity sure doesn't feel like it. I said, Mom, you know what? Sometimes healing feels like breaking at first. Sometimes change feels like frustration at first. Sometimes growth feels like pain at first. Mom, you're healing. I went over there on March 5th, and my dad called me and said, son, you need to come see your mom. And I could hear my dad's voice, and that whole day on Friday, I was really, really sad, just really sad. And I don't know where the feeling came from, but it was just an overwhelming feeling of sadness. And so I went over there, and as soon as I walked in the door, I heard a noise that I wish I could forget. It was my mom struggling to breathe. Oh, bro. Struggling to breathe. And I don't know why God allowed me to experience it, why me and my dad being there. And the reason I said it is because, you know how they always say the circle of life. You know, the parent takes care of the child, and as the circle of life continues, the child ends up taking care of the parent. And I've told this story before, but growing up, I was asthmatic really bad to the point where they would check on me in the middle of the night to the point where I spent nights in the hospital, nights in ICUs, and every time by my side was my mom. My mom giving me that breathing treatment. My mom telling me, baby, just breathe. And guys, I want to say this. I'm not going to start this podcast episode over because I want you to hear the hurt in my voice because I am human. And I want to let you know that it's okay for you to go through what you go through. It's a part of the process of healing. You know, so many people hear me say, Trent, stay strong, stay strong. And I know what they meant but sometimes we say those words and people take that as if they got to put on a mask. They take it as if that if they cry, that they that they don't have faith. They take it as if they got to pretend like everything's okay. My definition of strength is sometimes you got to cry your way through it. That's strength. Sometimes it's not one to eat because you're so depressed, but you find something to eat. That's strength. Sometimes it's, it's breaking down just to find your breakthrough. That's strength. Sometimes strength looks like just not giving up. And so in this moment, guys, this is my strength. Man, one thing about me, I love fashion. And I always made a promise to myself. Once I started my brand, I would come out with my own brand. I would rock my own clothes. I would wear my own hats. And today, I just released my new line of hats at ShopRehabTime.com through Shopify. And listen, y'all. It's so easy. All because I use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, whenever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. And just keeping it straight up, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Trent. Now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in that's shopify.com slash Trent. Make sure Trent is lowercase. Let's get it. And as I'm holding my mother's hand, I tell my mom, mom, just breathe. And I just had flashbacks of her doing the same for me. And I said, Bob, just breathe. And as hard as it was for me to say these words, I said, Mom, you're healing. And later on that night, my father got my mom to calm down and my dad, oh my gosh, man. When hospice wanted to give up, my dad stepped up. My dad was hospice. My dad never left my mother's side, ever. My dad preached my mom's service. My dad is a hero. So Saturday comes around, and I just knew leaving that house. I called my brother and said, hey, man, I don't think we got time. And, you know, nobody wants to hear that, but I was like, hey, man, I just don't, I just, it's something in my heart, I just know, go see mom. And not to get too much in our personal business, but there were some things my mom wanted to see. And I know she wanted to see, and she was worried about And I know my mom, she's not going to leave it alone until her worries have ceased, until she knows that it's okay. And I feel like she's been fighting for these months, just for this moment. My brother calls me and tells me some things that there's people over there and that the environment is so peaceful. And he says, mom actually cried. It was a tear. She couldn't really move, but a tear came down her face. And I was like, man, she finally could be at peace. She finally knows that everything is going to be okay. Cuz that's what mothers do. Mothers worry. So what they do? They want to know that all their kids and everybody's going to be okay. And my dad said one of his requests was he didn't want to see my mom take her last breath. He just couldn't handle it. And so my mom didn't eat for 48 hours right? And for us, we're thinking, okay, she's been here before. She's going to push through it again. Our selfish self, I wanted to keep her here. My mom's a soldier. She's going to push through. And my mom ate Saturday. My dad said she ate the best meal. She ate like it was nothing wrong. So my dad, that gave my dad the peace to be able to sleep because my dad hasn't slept well, I'm sure, for months and months. If He was there with my mom, so I was taking care. So I haven't even slept good, but I know my dad hasn't gotten no sleep in months. And my dad said, since she ate, it gave him the peace to sleep. He set his alarm for 4 a.m. And when he woke up at 4 a.m., my mom was still warm, but my mom had gained her wings. My mom (laughs) honored my dad's wish. My dad called us and I didn't hear my phone ring, but I heard it vibrate on Maria's phone. It was about 4.15 and I just knew. I was so afraid to pick up that phone because I knew I would have missed calls. And I was praying those missed calls were one of my friends just wilding out or something. I don't know, but it was my dad and I knew. And my dad told me that my mom had just passed away. And so I rushed over there crying and I walked in there and. It was quiet. My beautiful mother was just laying there peaceful. It's like she was asleep. And I grabbed her hand. It was cold. And I said, Mom, you're no longer healing. You're healed. I said, Mom, you're no longer healing. You are healed. <laughs> and I spent the next few hours, our family, and just sitting there for the next four or five hours till they came and got her in, which was the hardest thing ever to see my mom on a gurney being carried out. When I lost my mother, I feel like I lost my protection. My mom was the mother that will pray for the smallest things. Like if I told her I was going to take out the trash, it's like, okay, I'm gonna pray that you take out the trash and don't, nothing happens to you. That was my mom. When I lost my mother, I felt like I lost my protection. Like my mom was that, that wall of protection that guarded the family, that was praying in the midnight hours, that would be praying, even if I was taking out the trash, you'd probably be praying that nothing happened to me while I was taking out the trash. That was my mom. My mom was, was the strength. So when I lost her, I felt like I lost my greatest soldier in my life, my prayer warrior, my comfort, my understanding. In less than 48 hours, I was sitting in my house in my guest room and I was talking to Maya, about honey honey is what they call my mother and she was asking all these questions said dad you seem sad and i said i am sad i miss i miss honey and she said it's okay honey's in your heart honey is an angel she's always with you and i smiled and gave maya a kiss and i said you're right i said always remember that you have an angel that always has your back and she said dad can i go outside and i was like yeah go ahead baby So I started to plan my mom's service. My dad had gave me the goal to be the person to plan out her service. So as I'm planning out her service, about 30 minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And Maria answers the door and she says, Trent, you know, Maya just passed out. And when I heard that, you know, if you know my daughter Maya, like, As a father, I'm like, okay, what happened? But you didn't think like Maya could be playing around, whatever it may be. So I put on my shoes and as I'm walking out the door, I hear sirens. I hear ambulances. So I'm like, what are they for? As I'm walking out the door, I hear somebody say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So I run. And when I get there, I see my baby girl laying on the ground unconscious. And I probably can't put this into words, But it was like my heart left my body. I don't know if anybody has ever experienced this or you ever experienced this, but it's like, I can't even put it into words. It was, I felt like it was a dream. And I was like, no, 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 God. No, 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 not this, not not right now, no, no. Monday night, I went by my parents' house to see my father. I went in my mom's room, my parents' room, and I was just looking around and just trying to find things to, to grab onto, to, to, to just film my mom. And she had a Nike hat that I wear now. It's lime green. I was like, I'm taking this one every time I run you with me. And I was looking at all the things my mother wrote down. So she wrote down a lot of notes. She wrote down birthdays and, and scriptures all across the house, affirmations, and she wrote it all around. And I remember going to her bookshelf and there was a book that had a bookmark. So I said, Hmm, I wonder what she bookmarked. And not to get into too much detail on that page that she bookmarked, it was a book of, of prayers. And on that page, it was a prayer. It was a prayer of strength, a prayer of of power, a prayer of ask God you will receive a prayer of command. And that was on Monday night. So as I'm running over there, I get to my daughter Maya, she's not moving, she's unconscious. And I pick her up. Probably I shouldn't have did that, but I'm a father. I pick her up and I said, Maya, no, no, baby. Come on, come on. And those prayers that I read in that book, I started to say. And Maya, she wakes up a bit, then she goes back out. She was bleeding from her head and from her ear. She had brain trauma. She got hit with an object really, really hard. And they told me that she just fell straight to the ground. And I told her, I said, honey, remember honey? Honey's with you. Honey's your angel. As soon as I said that, Maya opened her eyes, lifted her head up, and gave me a kiss on the lips. And it was in that moment that even in the midst of so much fear, even in the midst of feeling helpless, I felt peace. Shortly after that, Maya Went unconscious, went back out. By that time the ambulance was there, Maria went in the in the ambulance with Maya down to downtown Fort Worth to the ICU. And Maria called me and said, Maya's throwing up. She's she's throwing up. I said, Maria, say these prayers. Speak life over our baby. I don't care who's around, who's in the ambulance. I don't care. Speak these prayers in life. I said, I saw this yesterday at at mom's house, and it was bookmark. And it was like my mother knew, man. My mother knew. God let her know that we would need those specific prayers in that moment. And when we get to the ICU, they bring Maya and they hook her up to all these tubes and a chaplain is there hugging us. And I'm just like, why are you here? And he was just, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of it right now. But not condolences, consoling us. There we go. And they have tens and twelves of doctors and around and they're working on my baby. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Y'all not telling me something. It's like, everything's gonna be okay. Just, just... That night, I spent a lot of time, man, questioning a lot of things. And that night, I got a call from my father, same day, that Tuesday, March 9th. I said, Trent, I know you don't want to hear this right now, but your grandmother is in the hospital. She went to the hospital today also. And I wish I could have words to explain how I felt in that moment. But I knew, as my mother always taught me, don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on God. And you don't lose faith or hope in these moments where you feel hopeless. That's when you need it the most. And being in an ICU, hearing kids crying, families crying, some kids in there didn't make it. And I started to realize, even in this moment of pain and hurt, how blessed we still are. And my end up staying in the ICU for a few days, and there was internal bleeding and swelling. And you guys... <laughs> Man, you guys, man, across the world. you yeah, I don't know how bad that we needed it, but you guys lifted us up. You guys lifted us up. And you guys showed up from me and my family. And not to draw out that story, you know, Maya stayed in ICU for a while. And they told us that she wouldn't get out at least until Monday. Once they figured out the to stop smoking, she said, she's not going to get out until Monday. Like, so planning. My mom's service was Monday and her wake was Sunday. So I was like, man, like, This is too much, I I don't want to leave my baby, so my mom will understand. And I was working through this process of like, man, how... And that peace that I felt when I kissed Maya, I felt it again. That peace when I've held my mom's hand, when I was struggling to breathe growing up, I felt it again. That peace, seeing my mom after she passed away, but looking so peaceful, knowing she wasn't suffering, I felt that peace again. On Thursday, Friday, the neurologist comes in and she says, whoa, I didn't expect to see this. We were like, what? It's like, I didn't expect to see Maya doing as good as she's doing. Like her MRI came back excellent. She's responding excellent for a person that suffered the brain trauma that she did. She says she passed all her tests, which I know that she will because how she's responding, You guys can leave today. This has been a miraculous healing. Her exact words. Miraculous healing. And my brother Todd said, he said, you know what? Mom is probably like talking to God like, listen, I just got here. You already got me on the job. (laughs) But that's my mom. Anything for those that she loved or anything for anybody. And Maya got to go home on Friday. And on Sunday, we went to my mother's wake. And we walk up to my mom's casket, and my mom looked beautiful, y'all. Like, she looked like herself before she got sick. And she had her white silk pajamas. Because people are like, why does she have on pajamas? Because that's what she told me and Maria that she wanted. And my dad at first was kind of like, nah, I'm not burying her in the whites. And then he's like, you know what? If honey wanted it, he's like, he said, she's still bossing me around. She had three wishes. One was silk pajamas, and one was my dad to uh, preach the eulogy. Another one is slipping my mind right now, but we honored that. And uh, Maya comes up and she, and she sees Honey. She sits down and Maria taps me and says, Maya's upset. I said, why? She said, she's mad because she said we lied to her. I was like, what do we lie about? And I said, what do we lie about, Maya? She said, you told me Honey was an angel. She's just sleeping right there. She's just taking a nap. And I said, she is an angel. She just came back down here so we could say bye to her one more time. I said, well, if she came down here, well, then where's Jesus at? I'm looking for him too. <laughs> and I needed that laugh in that moment. But you know, I told this story and I shared these moments with y'all. For one, I always want to be vulnerable and transparent. I always want to show you the not so good side as well as the great things. And if you can take anything from anything that I said, I want to talk about three things really quick. And I've already mentioned one, I believe. My mother taught me how to live in purpose. And purpose is using your life for the betterment of others, right? That's purpose. And when you have that final day, like my mother did, are people going to stand up all across the, the audience and say, man, this person did that for me. This person did this for me. The stories I'm still getting today, I'm like, man, mom was such a giver. And she passed that that gift of giving to all of us. The second thing my mother taught me, there's so many things, but these are three things that I like to always live by. The second thing that she taught me was to live in presence, meaning that when you're in the moment, or you're around somebody, make that person, make that environment the most important thing. My mom dislike when we were on our cell phones when we are at dinner or we wasn't all attentive. You know, people have told me, Trin, you have such a gift of listen. It's because my mom, she always taught me to be present. She says, you never know what you can miss by not giving your undivided attention. And the stories I heard from my mom, the three-hour phone calls that people were telling me about, and, she, and people told me, man, it just seemed like your mom, you could talk to her for days, it just seemed like she just understood everything because my mom was always present. The last thing my mother taught me was to live in priority. My mom lived a life of priority. She prioritized the things that were important to her. And seeing that, she instilled that in me and my brothers. And the question I wanna ask you is, are you living a life of priority? Because I'm gonna tell you something, this is from a place of experience now, this is my reality. There will come a day when no more memories can be made. And there will come a day when memories is all you have to hold on to. I know y'all heard me talk about this millions of times, but don't spend a life chasing the things that are not important and leaving behind the things that are. I want to ask you this, and I believe my mother might have asked herself this question because how she lived, maybe not this exact question, but she lived a life of living in priority The question I often ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself this is, what is it in your life that would stop your world? And what I mean by that, my mom passing away stopped my world. Not forever, of course. Maya, being unconscious, stopped my world. There are things in our life that we prioritize, that we might be upset if we lose, we might be hurt, but it wouldn't stop our world. And yet, we don't prioritize the people in our life that if something happened to them, our world would stop. Life is about the experiences you create with those that you love. And so if you can take anything from today's episode, please get clear on living your life in priority, living your life in purpose, and living your life in presence. Because when you live your life in those three things, you will ultimately live your life in peace. That's what Aqua Netter Storage Shelton taught me and so many others. Mom, I miss you. I love you. And I will always keep your legacy alive. And you know, one of my mom's proudest moments dealing with me was when I threw her an event called New Beginnings. And some of y'all was at that tour where you see my mom's story, but her whole thing, she was so worried about finishing her story. She wanted to write a book. And I said, mom, you don't have to get healed to write your book. You can impact lives just the way you are because your strength and your resilience and your faith is incredible. And so in 2017, 2018, we did a New Beginnings tour. And she was so proud of that tour because so many people got inspired by her story. And now my mother has a new beginning that we all wish to have. As you always said, a bushel and a peck <laughs> and a hug around the neck. You're still with me, you're still with us. Straight Up is hosted and recorded by me, Trent Shelton. The episodes are produced by Chelsea Harfoush and mixed and edited by Andrew Weller. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Straight Up with Trent Shelton is a production of The Hollis Company. Hey! Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting this means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it. so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it.